Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 50 of A View to a Kaka Ranger. It's 50 episodes. This is our 50th episode of this season, Dave, and we're not done yet. I, yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, that is a true thing. Uh, every week we have been and will continue for a couple of weeks yet uh, to watch an episode of Ninja <laughs> Sentai Kaka Ranger and share our thoughts on it with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me, as always, is my co-host and brother. You've already heard him. It's Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm well. I'm well. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Good to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me back. You You know, every every week, I think, who will be my co-host this week? And I always just come right back to you. Well, it's nice to be considered. There was that one time. There there was that one time. (laughs) Um... So today we're watching episode 50, as aforementioned. It is called Special Selection, Yokai Inn. But before that, Dave, um, Shining in the Heavens, there are five stars. And would you like to hear what our first star of the week is? Hit me. Okay, so... That's, uh, I tried that one out. It's not. You'll never hear that one from me again. Yep, nope. Uh, not a catchphrase, just uh, I wanted to see how it felt. And it felt real bad. So okay. we're going to never do that again. So, Matt, yeah, just tell me about the first. Dig me, Pull me out of this pit, man. Tell me about okay. the first star. So the first star is that um, sometime in the middle of last week, I had a dream. And I know what you, the listeners, are thinking. You're thinking, you I don't want to hear about your dream, seconds. Matt. <laughs> like, no one ever wants to hear about anybody else's dreams. Yeah, it's um, other people's dreams are interesting for maybe 20 seconds. Because I basically what you're doing is you're telling someone about a really strange movie, but you're not explaining it well, and they can never see it. Yes. Yeah, and like you're you're doing your best, but there is no good explanation. Um, but in this dream, I was going on like a business trip, and I was driving around in a city I was unfamiliar with, and I took a wrong turn, and then all of a sudden the road that I was on became like a log flume, like I was in like a lumber yard and there was a log flume and like people were not meant to be up there. And I ended up like dangling from the edge of a precipice, like trying to stop myself from falling to my death. And then eventually like, like the fire department was called or whatever. And I somehow got down safely. Okay. And an eagle that rescued is, you, whatever. Something like, it was not even that interesting. Here's what, here is why I'm bringing it up at all. Is because in the dream, while I was still asleep, once I had gotten to safety, my very first thought was, oh man, I have got to open up like the Google Doc and write this down because this is going to be perfect for the five stars this week. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm always looking for stuff for the stars. Sometimes we really have to scrape the bottom of the barrel to get stuff together. I'm so glad I had this amazing life, like life or death experience, where like you know, like this totally bizarre fluke thing happened, and I can tell everybody about it, and it's gonna be such great audio. And I woke up, and I was still for a few minutes after waking up really excited before I remembered, like, oh no, 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 no. This is not a real thing that happened to you, Matt. You were just even in your dreams obsessed with trying to find things to fill up the five well, stars. Well, no, this works. It's like it's just super meta because if you hadn't thought in the dream about it being a good star, it wouldn't be a good star. But because you thought about it being a good star, it became right, like, one. I somehow so willed wow. it into being. <laughs> So that's all, really. Uh, there's not a whole lot going on with that one. I just really wanted to share it with you. Dave, what is our second star of the week? So our second star of the week, Matt, is I just finished up uh, my LARP season for the year. I just uh, got out oh, to an nice. event. Yeah, it was. I had a great time. I only went for part of it, uh, but our sister Katie and another friend of ours came to help watch, uh, help Beth watch the babies. And uh, so I was able to get away for, for the day and go down to the event. And it was, man, it was just super fun. So... Uh, we've explained LARP before. It's Dungeons and Dragons, but it's out in the woods, and you're running around with a foam sword, and you're hitting your friends uh, with that foam sword, and there's a story and all sorts of other stuff. It's uh, it's super super fun, and we we finished up like a giant plot line, 
which was really, really cool because one of the neat things about LARP is that like players come and go, but the game persists, right? Right, right. And so this is a plot line, no joke, I want to say like 15, 20 years. Oh, wow. So this is not just like the end of like the LARP season, so you're doing like the season finale event. This is like some like multi-generational thing yeah this is from like way back like the dudes who started the game introduced like the evil fortress of cause and we finally destroyed it this event and uh man it was just like it was so much fun to get out and uh and have some fun with my friends i did like every moment that i wasn't spent like actively engaging in larp i was thinking about the babies i was like but what if but what if they're doing something super cute and I miss it? So that was a Aww. weird experience. I know it was very, I felt very sweet when I did it. <laughs> I was just like, all right, Dave, like being, you know, doing it right. Good job. Uh, here's my only man. I only had like one bummer experience at the event and I oh, will please share it with us. If there's one thing we need in our lives, Dave, it's more bummers. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Lay it on me. It's just, um, you know, like the the whole okay, because LARP very much like game, uh, like role playing games, is like an inherently silly activity. Sure. And so you have to recognize that it's silly, and then treat it with like an extra layer of seriousness in order to like get to to get the serious drama moment out of it. Sure. And then. Like, when you're having, like, a serious, like, you're having a, a cool, like, dramatic moment, and somebody's like, nah, fart noises. It's like, <laughs> man, could you, like, could you not, please? It's actually, so I've been listening, Matt, to uh, The Adventure Zone on your recommendation. And, and how uh, are you enjoying it? I'm, I'm really, really digging it. I'm not, like, hugely, I'm not surprised by that at all. Sure. But I, I try to take the babies for walks, and so I, that's when I have some time to listen to podcasts. And uh, the only thing I am noticing about it is that I feel like, and if you don't listen to the podcast, like bear with me for 30 seconds, is that uh, Griffin and Travis are way more invested in there being like powerful dramatic moments (laughs) in the story because like Griffin will like alley-oop something and then Travis will pick it up and like run with it and having like a really serious, like full on dramatic, like Dungeons and Dragons moment. And then Taco comes in. He's like, hey, what's up, guys? And and I'm like, Justin, you're super, super funny. But, like, this is a moment, man. Come on. Like, join in the drama of the moment. Um, I I think what is really fun about that podcast that you will sort of get to as you continue listening to it is by the end of the show, like, everyone on it has gotten better at both the comedy angle of it and the drama Oh, nice. Well, yeah, I'm looking, I'm, like I said, I'm really enjoying it. So, yeah, man, so LARP was great, and uh, I know some of the people that play do listen to the podcast, so guys, uh, great season. Great season closer, and um, nope, that's it. I was about to say something else, but it was just okay. going to be about how cool my character was, so I'm not going to say that. Oh, uh, the only thing less interesting than other people's dreams yeah. is other people's <laughs> D&D characters. <laughs> so, God. So true. Um, what that is our third star of the week, uh, Dave. Speaking of things that are in seasons that are coming to the close, mm, uh, yeah. uh, the Cleveland Indians uh, just finished up a twenty-two game winning streak. Yeah, very which is very like, exciting. It's a uh, it's, um, it's at least one record. I I guess it's like it's like disputably a. A major league baseball record, but it's definitely like whatever league they play in record. It's definitely an American League record. Thank you. The I think they whatever. I, I think that the only record they haven't beaten is the um like maybe they tied the the nineteen thirty five Cubs and like the nineteen sixteen Giants had a twenty six game winning streak, but there was like a tie game in the middle of that. Yeah, so you got it's like, like it's like a weird baseball technicality. I don't anyway, quite understand I, it. I don't quite understand it. And that's kind of what I'm trying to get at here. Is like <laughs> I was I, like I spent I don't like, really I understand the, it. I spent the last like week and a half very excited about baseball, right? Mm-hmm. And but like 
I don't understand baseball. I mean, I understand it on like a very like base level. I know what most of the rules to the game is. And so like when I'm watching it, I can see what's happening. But when people are talking about like, oh, yes, like the beautiful poetry of like a pitcher throwing a ball, like I don't like I just don't see it. Like I have not trained my eyes to do it. I but feel everyone like everyone else is getting so excited around me that I'm getting like caught up in it. And I was thinking about it the other day and I realized like, oh, this is what it's like to be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, if you're a dog and you're in a room and all of the people in that room are, like, all of a sudden doing something, the bark, the dog will just start, like, jumping around and barking. The dog doesn't know what's going on. It like, just it has recognizes no idea. that, like, there's a certain amount of, like, emotional energy in the room and it responds to it. Uh, and that is absolutely how I feel watching, uh, like, big sports stuff. I, I feel like baseball of all of the major league sports, maybe just because we've been, pl- like, playing it the longest. I don't really know. I know we've been playing football for a real long time, too. But the baseball has the most... And producer Mark is great to have around because he loves this stuff and is like super knowledgeable about it and really likes talking about it. Um, th- like baseball has much more like weird arcana surrounding it than than other sports do. And even oh, yeah. though I don't actually super love baseball, and uh, last year's World World Series has really soured me on watching baseball. Uh, I am super interested in like weird arcana basically about anything. Like I don't actually dig baseball that much, but I absolutely watched Ken Burns's documentary about baseball. Oh dude, I mean listen, baseball is cool. Baseball documentaries are the business. Yeah, they're so great, guys. Like even <laughs> have, even if you don't dig baseball for real, give them a watch. We we talked about the uh, the battered bastards of baseball, didn't we? Uh, we? I think that was a star at some point. Maybe, yeah, man, maybe we did. I don't quite remember. Anyway, if you haven't seen that one, you should totally watch it. You'd love it. I, um, yeah, I'll check it out. Anyway, that's all. I just wanted to uh, mention that weird moment I had of realization. Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? So the fourth star of the week, Matt, is that uh, Beth and I just got we we went out to dinner with the babies, which is super fun. Because they're they're starting to get old enough where we can like set them down in high chairs next to us and just kind of give them like we're paying attention to them obviously but like sure, obviously. you know like we can give them food and they will like pick it up and eat it and sort of like look around and like babble at each other and at us and then we can actually eat dinner like while we're feeding them which is super great and sure. uh, they're starting to like eat solid food and everything but. Have you okay? There's. I was about to ask you a very bad rhetorical question because it's such a bad rhetorical. It's so rhetorical. I I absolutely know the answer to it, which is: Have you ever tasted baby food in your conscious memory? Because I was going to say, I mean, like I'm sure I did when I was a baby, um, uh, but no, I do. I have not in any time recently enough yeah, that I right. can recall tasted baby food. Yeah, right, obviously. Um, it's it's like universally terrible, for reasons that I don't understand. Because I feel like, and this is the truth with a lot of baby things I'm discovering, is that I think people think of babies as like a fundamentally different species than than adults. That like, oh, like a baby, as though it's not a person. Uh, and so like when they're making baby food, they make food that like no human being in their right mind would be interested in eating. And then they don't, like, they don't make it taste good. Like, it's baby food, and it's like, oh, it's like peas and carrots. Like, sure, I dig peas and carrots. Like, I mean, I'll taste that. And it's gross, because, like, there's no salt or seasoning or anything. So it's like, guys, when's the last time you, baby food manufacturer, sat down and ate yourself a dish of, like, plain, unsalted, unseasoned, unbuttered, boiled, mashed peas and carrots. Never. I mean, it does not sound super great. Yeah, never. But I cannot imagine that when you go out to dinner and you are eating whatever, like, delicious food you have brought, like, purchased at this restaurant, and you are, like, shoveling this stuff into their mouths, uh, that they are... I, I have to imagine there's a certain degree of, like... Like, barely comprehended baby jealousy. Yeah, no, they, um, it's, yeah, like, they're upset for reasons they don't understand. We have basically, I'm going to be real, like, pretty much given up on baby food, like, for specifically that reason. It's just gross. So we just give them, like, tiny mashed up portions of whatever we happen to be eating, and they go nuts on it. 
<laughs> which makes absolute sense because we eat good food. Like we were at this Turkish restaurant and we were like, all right, all right, baby bear. Like you want some hummus? How do you feel about hummus? And he's just like, yeah, like he's getting down on hummus. Uh, well, hummus is delicious. Yeah. Well, and also like hummus is basically baby food. You know what I yeah. mean? It's the same it's like baby food plus tahini. Right. It's great. And uh, so, yeah, baby food is gross, but they just like they dig actual food. Because lo and behold, they're actual people. It was amazing. Uh, so we just had a really nice dinner, and baby food is real gross. What, Matt, is our fifth and final star of the week? Dave, speaking of food, I made a mistake the other day. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so I, I was going over to a friend's place after work, and I said, oh, you know, like I'm coming over after work. Should I bring anything? And he said, oh, you know, pick up whatever drinks, but... We will have already eaten by the time you arrive, so, you know, if you want to, like, grab some food on the way over, like, that would probably be best for all parties. And so I said, okay, so I was stopping off at a local beverage store, and next to that store was a Burger King. Okay. You familiar with this, King? Um, Yeah, I've heard of it. Matt, let me pause you for, like, a hot second. I just, is this going to be a Burger King-centric star? Yeah. Okay, just, I want to... You know, sometimes you feel good about what you've done, and sometimes I'm like, ah, that wasn't the strongest recording. First of all, I think this is good. This is good audio uh, oh, on sure. my end. Uh, but I feel like we are really spinning straw into gold here because our stars this week have been Your Weird Dream, Baby Food, <laughs> The Indians Lost a Game That We're Not Really Sure About, and My D&D, My LARP Character. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want to congratulate us like preemptively but, like before we finish. I just feel like we're doing very good work here. So well, please, you know we're cl- <laughs> we're closing in on the end of our third season, Dave. We've got a few of these under I was our belts. Say, we figured something out at least. Um so please I wonder how many start Man, I so I wish so badly that when we had started this show, I had kept a running list of the stars every week. We have, we've talked about that before. Uh, we probably could have made it happen at some point. We probably just, could have. But yeah, at this no. point, like, dude, we're almost like 160 episodes in. And the idea of, like, sitting down and writing all of that down would be a nightmare to me. Yeah, that's awful. Um, so, no, please, Matt, tell me about uh, this King, this Burger King. Tell me about this. So I, I Is it that you this. ate it and it was very, very bad? <laughs> well, okay, no, it's not that it was bad. Because actually, like... Like the the the, the mouth the, the, like, the mouth flavor was fine. Like when I put it in my mouth and I chewed it up, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem was that I don't go, I don't visit the king that often, right? Yeah, I'm uh, you know, I'm not down with the monarchy, Dave. Right, I like democracy, and mm-hmm. so I typically will go to a less regal burger chain. But this time it was convenient, and so I stopped in. But the the problem with not going to a place that often and then sitting in a drive through is that when it comes your time to order food, you feel very pressured to order your food immediately mm-hmm. because there are other people waiting. Yeah, right. And so yes. it's a fast food we, restaurant. Like you got to be fast. Like the whole everybody has to agree, like to be fast about it. And so I'm sitting there and like the sun is in my eyes and I can't quite read the menu and I'm just like talking to the person on the other end of the microphone and they say well listen if you can't decide what you want then let me recommend we've got a deal right now like if you get two whoppers it's like six bucks okay that's a lot a whopper is a fairly large sandwich well see this is what I'm getting around to Dave (laughs) (laughs) because I was listening to that I'm like like a Whopper is usually what, like four dollars or something. Like a Whopper is an expensive sandwich. I never get them. I never like, get them. Like when I go to Burger King, I'll usually get you know like a Whopper Junior or something. It's such and a I'm good not, deal. Like I'm gonna treat myself. This is such a good deal. I'm gonna get both of these Whoppers. So I I order the Whoppers. I get her onto the window. I give them my card. They hand me a bag. The bag weighs about three times more than I really expected it to. <laughs> and for a moment, I thought, boy, they put a lot of napkins in this bag. That's not what happened. No, what happened is that each individual Whopper is roughly the size of my... If you, like, if, you, if I put both of my hands together, like, I feel like that is the size of a Whopper. Yeah. And it's way too much. 
But I was sitting in my car like, well, I ordered this food. Like, I feel like it would be a waste if I, like, just didn't eat it. And so I just, you know, I tucked into Whopper 1. So and I got like, to the that's end. Your third, that's a third and a consecutive chain of mistakes. Listen, you know, it was the end of a long week. <laughs> I was just trying to get to my friend's house. <laughs> um, and I just had to get through some stuff first. So I sit there. I tuck into Whopper number one. I, I polish it off. I'm like, okay, I'm still feeling pretty good. Uh, I've got this other Whopper here. I'm not going to throw away an entire Whopper. Yeah. And I'm certainly not going to leave it in my car. Because if I leave it in my car for any length of time, then my car will, for the next, I don't know, Ever. 48 to 72 Ever. hours, smell exactly like old onions. Yep. Which I just cannot abide. <laughs> so I start eating this second Whopper and just like, I mean, listen, there's not, I, I'm i sorry to have brought us this long and like not have a super good resolution to this story. I feel like we've already kind of touched on all the points, but like, dudes, don't accidentally order two Whoppers. And if you do, don't do what I did. Just like, when you start to feel uncomfortable, just get rid of it. Just There's no need. <laughs> you don't need to. You Save don't need yourself. to watch Game of Thrones, and you don't need to eat the second Whopper. Like, you don't the, need to. These are these are our public service announcements. Oh. <laughs> well, Matt, we've got some other announcements to make. And they are, are, are also they, a public service, I feel. Are, are they concerning episode 50 in Ninja Sentai Cockranger Special Selection Yokai Inn? Got it in one. All right. Well, let us then go watch that episode... And then come back here and then discuss that self-same episode. And we'll be right back. Ninja, ninja. Okay, welcome back. So we've just finished watching episode 50. Uh, it ruled. And yep. now we're going to talk about it. Yeah, it was amazing. I feel like um, I've been leading back into the episodes by saying that exact same thing a lot for the last couple of weeks. But it's been a good stretch of episodes. <laughs> yeah, I will say that um, it made no sense... The title, sorry, the title made no sense because oh, yeah. there is well, there, no, uh, there's no special selection made. There's just not. I don't like. I just don't even know why. I don't know where the idea for that title came from. I mean, Yokai Inn was definitely involved. They could have just called it Yokai Inn. Yeah, maybe this episode was a special selection, and the episode is Yokai Inn. Shh, man, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so as as this episode starts off, it's nighttime in the woods, uh, and you can tell that it's not like a peaceful night in the woods. This is a spooky night in the woods. Yeah, it's super spooky. Um, like there is sort of shaky cam happening, sort of like eerie music, and then we see a child running through the woods, um, frightened, terrified, wearing his pajamas. Yes. And so, uh, as he's running, the, some monsters arrive. We've never seen these monsters before, obviously. Uh, the kid screams. It looks like some some branches reach down to attack him. It's not super clear. Yeah, it's like branches and vines and just like everything that's around him sort of like reaches out to grab him and pin him down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heads up. Uh, that never happens again. And this is not a plant-oriented yokai at all. So... Um, it, it happens briefly near the end of the episode. Again. Oh, okay. Awesome. No, no, no. Thank you. Uh... And, 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 it's, <laughs> and you're right. It's not a plant-oriented yokai. But when, you, when we find out what this yokai is, this attack will make sense. And I think it's really cool. Okay. So uh, we flip over from there to the rangers. The next day, we would assume. Oh. Uh, by the way, I mean... Oh, the, the kid the branch is has reached out. That yeah, kid gets like, caught. Like a crazy evil monster who's like got a big mouth that like a big like sharp toothed mouth that like opens from ear to ear, like floats out of the mist and like giant crazy eyes appear in the sky above the child and yeah, like it's he shrieks cool. and then like the scene ends. Yeah, the monster has like it's it looks really neat because it's got what is clearly like a uh like an appropriately sized mouth like in the front of its face. But then it's got, like, its real mouth extends all the way back in kind of like a Glasgow smile kind of way. Um, it looks really neat. So so we would assume it's the next day, and uh, we see the rangers, and they're eating grilled corn. Yeah, they're at a food cart, and they are just like... Each of them, I swear, is eating like two to three ears of corn at the same time. Uh, well, Surihime is only eating one. Uh, Saizo and Seikai, I think, definitely... Well, Seikai might have three, 
That's not a joke. Um, I mean, that's our seikai. Yeah. And so they're eating grilled corn. And like the corn vendor is just, I, it, I, get, we feel, I feel like we dive into the middle of a conversation because the corn vendor is just talking about like, oh yeah, kids, kids have disappeared on that mountain. I think it's haunted. Uh, don't go up there because you'll get eaten. Uh, the yeah, only like if you go up to the mountain at night, a yokai will eat you. Yeah, five the, children have gone missing. The only <laughs> it's really fantastic about this this bit, aside from the fact that it's blatant exposition, is the fact that while he is telling them this story, the rangers do not stop eating their corn. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, it's a yokai," and they're just like, "Oh yeah, wow, geez." And uh, at least a few of them, I can't remember which ones are listening to him and are very concerned and are still definitely eating that corn. You know, I I sort of have to imagine that these are long days of shooting, you know, like when they're putting these episodes together. Mm -hmm. And they put a scene into this episode where they get to just, like, grill down on some corn. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, 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 like... So you're going no, to be shooting for the are. next 10 hours to get all this footage. I need to eat all of this corn as I possibly can. <laughs> right. So the next scene is uh, it's kind of nighttime. It's no, no, no. It's not nighttime yet. It's going to be. But they're in Nekamaro and they're driving up the mountain. And this, I, man, I love this moment. It's not actually funny at all. Is uh, I forget who it is, but somebody asks Sasuke, like, so is this a yokai? And he says, I'm not sure, but we should check it out anyways. And I really, really dig that because, like, it speaks a little bit of world building that that Sasuke recognizes. He's like, well, first of all, it's a weird thing. And so we should investigate it because, like, we are ninja superheroes. It might not be a yokai, but, like, it could be. And so if it is, I mean, like, we should look into it anyways. But if it is, like, that's definitely in our, like, wheelhouse and we need to check it out. And I just, like, I really dig that element because I feel like we're getting way, way more of that sort of thing in Cocker Ranger than we got in, in either Die Ranger or Jetman. Right. The Cocker Rangers, I think, sort of due to their nature is, like, they don't have a home base. Like, they're very nomadic. And so it feels like they are a lot more... They feel a lot more like superheroes than the other Sentai teams do, right? Like, Jetman exists to fight, like, you know, the commanders from the Byram dimension. Like, and that's yeah. pretty much all they do. The but, other like, teams the Cocker are... Rangers just, like, tool around and, like, try to find people to punch. Yeah, they're kind of, like, the other teams sort of seem like in a... Ah, oh man, how to describe it? Like, militias? Not in, like, a weird... Not like, Montana militias. Sorry if you're from Montana. But you know what I mean. Right. Uh, but, you know, just like, yeah, we just sort of like roll around or like like we stay here and we, we fight those monsters. Whereas, the, yeah, exactly. The Cocker Rangers are. They're just. Yeah, you already said it. I'm I'm babbling. Well, it's late. It's oh, by late. the way, we and are recording late tonight. Event. Yeah. Um, and so they're driving around and, uh, you know, wondering about these yokai. And as is their custom, when they are driving around looking for yokai in the woods, they get lost immediately. Yeah, super fast. Um, well, there's something... We do get a little blurb, Matt, that it might not be their fault this time because they do have a map out and they're looking at well, the map. Mm -hmm. and they're... I mean, to be fair, it's usually not their fault. It's usually like yokai magic gets them lost in the woods. Okay, well, that's exactly what I was going to say is that this is some sort of yokai magic because they pull up to these... They see these statues uh, and they're like, we've seen these statues four times or something. There's definitely something weird going on. This is super creepy. Um... <laughs> they hear a they, so they like park and are like looking around and Tsuruhime hears a crow caw and it's like very weird and they're just like oh we gotta get out of here this is super creepy it's like guys you are literal ninja superheroes you are the scariest thing out at night like you're ninjas this is your natural like this is your right. space man and like what like, practically speaking, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're going to find a yokai. Well, is, great. That's what you're here for, why dude. That's you're here. That's the whole point. Um, but in any case, they get spooked. And uh, out of some sheer coincidence, 
wink, wink, nudge, nudge, there is like an inn up in the mountains. There's a sign out front that says grandma's house and like the lights are on and it looks like a friendly house. Yeah. And they're like, oh, great. Like there's an inn. We can stay there for the night and then resume this search in the morning. Yeah. The rangers, I love that they are not suspicious of this despite having been in this exact literal situation before. Like this yeah. same exact thing has happened to them. With, I think it was the Neko, the Baka Neko. And I think what's really crazy about this is, like, they are specifically looking for yokai. Yeah. Like, they came up here to look for yokai. There's a thing that is clearly, like, a dangerous trap. And they're like, oh, cool. We'll stay here. And then in the morning, we will resume our search for the yokai. Okay. The only thing I can assume is that, like, as part of their yokai power, the yokai are able to, like exert some sort of like subtle supernatural like illusion powers where it seems like much more like the illusion itself tricks you it's not just that like it tricks you into thinking that there's something there it also tricks you into being like and that thing is also fine well okay that's i i will accept that in this case listen matt it's just it's what i got um (laughs) So okay. they go in, and they are greeted at the door by the titular grandma of Grandma's house. Yes. And she says, oh, like, you know, welcome to the inn. You're, you know, you can all stay here. It's totally great. We'll get some dinner for you. Go wash up beforehand. Like, you know, just like this sweet yeah. old lady. Uh, and then the uh, the manager walks by, and he's, like, very dour. And she says, oh, don't mind him. He's the manager. So we go from there to the uh, the baths. There's, like, a bath area. And mm-hmm. we get a lot more side butt than I would have anticipated. Dude, that is getting. exactly what it says in my notes is we see way too much of Seikai's side butt. Yeah. It's like everybody else is in the bath, but Seikai is just like on a stool. And it's like you can now, see fully like half of this dude's butt. Yeah. Now, Dave, when it's you say that they are in the bath, still. They, are, they are not in like a hot tub. They're not in a bath that, like, they all actually sort of fit in. I think there's just, like, a clawfoot tub that they are all, like, turned sideways and sort of, like, halfway sitting in. Okay, Matt, I will actually, uh, I will actually jump in here. I have watched, like, I, I watched, like, a YouTube documentary about onsen, which is, like, the Japanese bath, mm-hmm. like, thing. And uh, sometimes they're very large and and spacious. And sometimes it's not like a giant thing. It's more like the size of a like a smallish hot tub. Mm-hmm. So, but like that's just like oh yeah, just it, you're just taking a bath. It's totally cool. And uh, so it's probably not like a clawfoot tub, but it's not luxurious. Yeah, like and no there... one's stretching out in this thing. Exactly. Now there is some like bathhouse horseplay in here. Like, Seikai is splashing water at everyone. They're all sort of, like, laughing and telling him to stop. They're having a good time. Right. We Suruhime flip over. Is yeah. <laughs> in the other room, like, like by herself, luxuriating in the bath. Which um, is appropriate. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And actually, like, the, sh- the way the show, like, like, the way that the scene is shot is not at all lurid. Oh, yeah. Um, I Yes, definitely. I mean... Unless like you're you real see way more of Seikai than you do of Surihime. <laughs> you really do. Um, and she's like, oh, bath, those boys. When the baths end and the, the guys all leave their like bath area, they're walking out with like towels over their shoulder. And Dave, can we talk about Sasuke? We, oh man, we haven't dipped in on Sasuke's outfit in a while. And I think really what we're seeing, Matt, is just the underlayer of what he's been wearing for a while. See, that's the thing. We have finally peeled back the onion. So he is just wearing, it's like, it's black bicycle shorts and then shorter jean shorts over that. Well, okay. It used to be black bicycle shorts. Now it's just black leggings, like full leg leggings. Oh, that's right. He is probably because it's cold. But yeah, he's been wearing those leggings time. for a minute. Yeah, but what we haven't seen before, because, like, we had seen, like, a little, like, black turtleneck action, like, popping up underneath his, uh, his, like, regular red plaid short, or shirt, rather. Yeah. What we did not realize is, like, this dude has gone full body glove. It looks like he is wearing a wetsuit with jean shorts on top of it. Because yeah. he is wearing a full-length black turtleneck as his undershirt. Mm-hmm. 
And when he gets out of the bath, that's all it is. He's got turtleneck, leggings, jorts. It's beautiful. I just, man, I cannot get enough of this dude's fashion choices ever. Uh, okay, so they they walk outside. They happen across the manager. Yeah. The manager has like a little chicken coop, right? Yeah. And the rangers say like, oh, are you planning to like get us some fresh eggs for this dinner that apparently we're about to be having? And the manager says, no, we're having chicken. And yeah. they get very sad, like, oh, no, you're killing the chickens for us tonight. Like, no, 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 don't do that. Like, we can eat something else. Yeah, which, got... guys, you eat meat, like, on the reg. Yeah, but, you know, I, I, it's, I will give it to them that it is different if, like, the chicken is right there and alive right now. I mean, I guess. Like, if that Fresh is something chicken. that you are not accustomed to, then. Okay, so anyways, the manager's like, he's salty about it, but he says he'll make something else. So as this is finishing up, Tsuruhime walks down the stairs and says, hey, I was just talking to the titular grandma, and she was saying that the little boy who recently disappeared, like, was also at this inn, like, just beforehand. Like, right, like, he showed up in the night, or something, like, he showed up and was staying the night, but then in the morning he was gone. Right, so, like, if we want to start searching for him, like, this, as it turns out, this is a really good place to start. So, like, everything's cool. Yeah, just sounds super convenient, guys. Like you said, they must be getting, like, bamboozled. Yeah, there's there's some weird thing going on here. So, so we cut from here to the, uh, the, the Flying Skull Castle, which is currently yeah. not flying. It's just, like, sitting on top of a bunch of trees. I can, They just have to have been, like, bored with the shot or something. Because if you had a Flying Skull Castle, there's no reason for it to ever hit the ground. Oh, wait. Actually, Matt. Matt. What? Thinking about later on. Let's remember this moment. Because thinking about later on in this episode, there might actually be a reason that it would make sense for this thing to be on the ground. Why? Is it out of gas? Yeah. Actually, that is what I was going to talk about. Because <laughs> when we get to the end and they have to fuel Nekamaru up, even though he's a magical cat thing, and there's no gas anywhere because of a earthquake. No, not because of gas. Question is that. <laughs> um, so we see Skull Castle, and we see Daimu, and he is on his like throne, and there are two other monsters that we see in front of him. It's the same monsters we saw earlier in the episode. And it's Yamamba, and Dai Darabochi. Dai Darabochi. And now, we, we had gotten a good look at Yamamba before, but Dai Darabochi, we hadn't really seen. And he looks rad. Yeah, it's like his body looks like it is made out of, like, brass globes. Yeah, sort of. Sort of. Um, he, yeah, it's a very, very cool look. He looks like the best kind of Final Fantasy monster, if that helps out at all. Yeah. And when I say globes, I don't just mean spheres. I mean, specifically, he looks like a bunch of, like, globes of, like, you know, the Earth that you took and, like, turned into a monster. He's got, like, these giant round shoulders, but there's, like, it looks like there are, like, the latitude and longitude lines on them and stuff. Oh, and, like, yeah. Like, topography, like, sort of raised off of it. It's, this dude looks great. Yeah, so and, and, he is... Man, I just I actually went and looked up another picture of him just to like kind of catch another shot of it. And he actually looks even neater in the still shot because I'm sort of catching up on some details that I didn't notice. Um, what, he's what got is like huge, huge forearms like he's got like his his knuckles drag on the ground and they get bigger as they go along. Sort of like Popeye fists. Uh, yeah. but they're also like made out of metal and have like giant studs on them. Like he just looks like a bruiser. He looks super cool. This costume, and I, I don't remember any of the details on this because it's been a long time since I read this, but at one point I was reading up on like costumes that got sort of like modified between the Sentai series and Power Rangers. Because oh, this okay. costume does appear in Power Rangers, but like only parts of it. Because oh, no kidding. Okay. It's like such like a big, unwieldy costume that in the course of filming this episode and then shipping the costume from Japan to America, it got like all messed up. And so it, this costume does kind of appear in a couple of episodes or in one episode, but like it's totally different looking because they had to like scrap parts of it and rebuild other bits. Oh, interesting. Uh, so anyways, it's just, man, I, I can't get over how cool this costume looks. It's like one of the neatest looking monsters we've seen yet. So, it's so they're Yamamba. chilling out in this throne yeah. room. And well, they're not chilling out. Like, they're really upset, actually. Okay, yeah. 
Sorry, I, I was using the sort of general chilling right, out, right, which right. just means they I, were existing in a place. Right. Well, no, normally I would have let it slide, but like they're very not chill. Uh, so we find out that these two are Daimo's brother and sister. Yes. And they're saying, like, listen, if the three, like, the Kaku Rangers are here, if we three all go down, we can beat the Kaku Rangers. Right. And Daimo is like, whoa, whoa, don't, don't bring me into this. Like, I'm not your brother. Like but I he am is their brother. Yeah, he's like I am the king of the yokai. Like if you want to do this, you can do it. But like I'm not kind of sullying myself with. I don't really know why his vibe is this. Aside from the fact that maybe he just w- wants to like put them in their place. Yeah. And because th- they say like even though we're um like the Daimo tribe, like the other yokai like really don't pay us enough respect. Like if we do this, it'll be well, cool. And he- like specifically, they they don't pay these two enough respect because Daimyo's like they say since you have sort of cast us away from you, the rest of the yokai don't respect us. Like why yep. are you doing this? And uh, he gives some sort of like it's a very weird answer, and he basically just that like he well, just get, doesn't think an they're answer- that. We get an, a, a good answer later in the episode, but at this point, he just sort of brushes them off. Yeah. So they say, they sort of turn away, and they're like, listen, well, we'll just kill the Conqueror Rangers ourselves, and then, you know, like, we'll sort of, like, get up there, and, like, everything will be cool, you'll have to respect us, and then we will sort of, like, take our rightful place, I guess. Right. And so uh, they transform into their human forms, and obviously, it's Grandma and the manager. Right. So uh, we go from there... We see uh, Saizo waking up in the middle of the night. Well, because he hears the chickens. The chickens in the coop that are outside. And he peeks out the window and he sees the the manager. He freaks out kind of hard. Yeah, like, I mean, listen. Based on what I know is happening, this is a scary thing. Based on what Saizo has, like, the information for, this is literally just, like, the manager going into the chicken coop at night to grab a chicken to, like probably kill it for breakfast in the morning. Yeah, he like he loses it really hard. Like he tries to wake the other rangers up and for some reason is unsuccessful. Runs outside and, and follows this dude into the woods. Where now, by the way, this it, is it, this is where it like, legit gets weird. Like if size is like why are you taking that chicken into the woods with a sickle? Which then, he is. Yeah, which he is. Now, all of a sudden, I understand Saizo's motivation a lot more because that's very strange. Yeah, like, you don't, you don't just grab a sickle and wander into the woods at midnight if you are just a regular cool dude. <laughs> right, that's, that's something chill bros do. So he follows him, and uh, all of a sudden... Well, basically, we get a repeat of the beginning yeah. part of the episode. Thank where, you. like replacing the little kid with Saizo. So, like, Saizo's in the woods. He gets attacked. The branches come out to, like, grab him. Um, uh, Yabamba and Daidarabochi all, like, both come out. Yeah. Come out. Um, uh, well, again, Yabamba comes out. Daidarabochi, like, Daidarabochi, rather. Yeah. Like, you only you sort see... Of see... You see, like, his shadow in the sky above. Like, with, phantom like, the big eyes. eyes. Yeah. But you don't and, act like he does not come out to attack. Uh, which is really, really cool. Like, we'll we'll get to why it's cool. And I want to, like, spoil it. Uh, so he does the <laughs> Saizo calls out for help. He calls out. He's like, Sasuke, Tsurahime, Jiraiya. And then he keeps fighting. <laughs> like, he never calls. <laughs> I don't know why. He's got beeped. Dude, he knows Seikai. There's nothing going to wake Seikai up. Nothing's going to wake that dude up. Uh, but he doesn't... Oh, the scene just ends. Sorry, the scene just ends. So it's the next morning, and the Rangers are leaving Grandma House, and Saizo is there. Yeah, so for a moment, I did not see him, because, like, the the scene shots with them... This I'm sorry, the scene begins with them already in Nakamaru. Right, it's kind and of And so I think that shot. they've just somehow, like, forgotten that he's not there or not realized it yet. But no, no he I actually had, is I had there. I the exact same thought. Yeah, you're... He is there, but as we can tell, based on the dark eye shadow around his eyes, he is evil now. He's evil. So they drive to the place where they had 
sort of first gotten lost before uh, where there's like four Buddhist statues were and they pop out and they say, okay, let's separate up and we'll go look for this kid. They're wearing yes. their sort of like ninja gear and they're just going to like run through the woods and try to find the kid. Mm-hmm. So they kind of pop out and uh, they start looking for this kid and Saizo, it's, wait, who's together again? Uh, Saizo is with Jiraiya and Sekai. That's right. So they are, they're sort of like rolling out and then Saizo stops and he sort of like turns backwards and he hears like a secret command. It's like, now it's time, go ahead. And he attacks Jiraiya and Sekai. Yeah. Um, so then there's a fight. And, and it's we, a really cool fight because like they're having trouble with him because of course they don't want to kill him, but he's gone evil. So he does want to kill them. Right. But also like the terrain is getting very weird. Like fissures are opening in the earth and like trees are falling over and yeah. stuff. Now we do find out that this is not actually Saizo. Like this is not a mind controlled Saizo. This is a Saizo evil clone of right. some kind. Um, oh, but at the end, like, a giant hand comes out to, like, swat at Jiraiya. Right. Uh, yeah, it's really, really cool. Daitaro Ochi is already a giant. He kind of bursts from the ground. Matt, I just, uh, I had something in my notes that I was mm-hmm. really trying to remember what I had written. Because I just wrote, it looked like I had written Daisis, D-A-I-S-I-S. And I was like, what even is that? And I remember that I couldn't. I didn't remember um, Yamamba's original name, so I was just calling her Die Sister. Oh! Yeah, so it's Die Sis. That's what was in my notes. Uh, a little peek behind the curtain for all of you guys. So, that uh, Jiraiya and Sekai are down. Like, they're down, and then their doubles show up. Like, they're already prepared. Mm-hmm. But Sasuke and Tsurihime are, like, hidden, and they observe all of this happen. Like, they don't arrive in time to help but they do arrive in time to see uh, Seikai and Jiraiya get replaced. Right. And when this is happening, Yabamba, I'm sorry, Yamamba is saying, like, these, this is super easy. Why has Daimao been having so much trouble killing these guys? Yeah, like, guys? this is not, like, what is going on? Um, so they take away um, Jiraiya and Seikai, and Tsurihime and Sasuke come up with a plan. Yeah. We don't see them coming up with a plan, but we see that there is, you know, we watch them do the thing. So, Tsurihime just sort of casually approaches the three evil doppelgangers. And is like, hey, uh, have you seen the kid yet? We're still looking. What's going on? And they sort of glower at her evilly. Like, and listen, she, like, I know that she already that. knows that they are evil, but if she did not already know the looks on their faces, like, there is no other conclusion that you could reach. Based right. on, like, looking at those dudes. Yeah, without question. But I really, really dig it because she plays it super well. Yeah, and so she's just... And they say, oh, where's Sasuke? And she's like, oh, we got separated. It's cool. We'll meet yeah, back like, up together later. Yeah. Have you seen the kid? Right. And they sort of, again, they do a little grin. And they uh, they attack her. And she just goes down. Like, yeah, she like is not bothering to try to fight back. She goes down, her evil replacement comes out, and then they all sort of start to walk away. We cut sort of to behind a tree where Sasuke has been watching all of this because he wants to be able to trail them back to wherever they're keeping the other three. Yeah. So it's uh, it's really, really cool. I love... Because we've seen before in the last couple of episodes the Rangers executing sneaky plans, uh, but we've only ever seen it like ex post facto, like we see when they reveal the trick and they're like, oh, this is what we had already done that now we're kind of seeing it in action, which I think is a little bit more, eh, it's fun in a different way. Yeah. So the fake Rangers, they find Sasuke and they say something that, that makes me think that like, maybe they saw through this plan uh, yeah, and then so they attack like, him. Cause he's following behind them and all of a sudden ropes come out of nowhere and grab him. Oh yeah, that's right. And, and so, he was saying, like, how like how did you find out? And they're like, oh, we know all sorts of stuff. Yeah. We're weird. But then he, like, double, I think, double planned on them because, like, after a second of getting beat around, they all go to stab him, and then his, it's, it's empty, and it's just his clothes, and then he's already hanged, and he does full moon cross-cut, and he takes all of them out. 
And when they all die, it turns out that these were not like disguised Doradoros. These were snakes that had been turned into evil clones. Yeah, which uh, maybe Yamamba is like a some. There's like a snake relation there. I, I didn't quite catch it, but I don't know. But I thought it was snakes. a nice touch. But he does see that uh, there there is a medallion, and he like looks at the medallion and he's like, oh. And then we got a flashback, and Grandma was wearing that same medallion. So, so now so he, he now puts knows. together that, like, that's the whole deal. And then we get a rad sequence. There's, like, this giant earthquake, all right? And, like, stuff is moving all around. We get a literal whirlwind of fire. Yeah, like a fire tornado. It is it's not amazing. It is, the, it is a practical effect. Like, they just got a bunch of fans. Do you know how to do that, Matt? Like, there's a... I have seen it happen. Uh, I mean, not in person, but I've seen videos of people doing it. Yeah, like you just a bunch of fans, but it looks amazing. And like you put fans in a circle and it creates a whirlwind and then you put fire in it. It's awesome. And so uh, there's this and like all these things. And I did figure this out right before the reveal. Like I didn't even finish typing it, but I knew it in my heart that I had figured it out. That Daidarobochi is the entire mountain. Yeah, so he's not, like, hiding beneath the mountain or, like, he doesn't have, like, earth-controlling powers. They've just been on top of his giant body the entire time. And that is how they, like, that's how the bad guys always knew what the rangers were up to. Because, like, any time that they were doing anything, like, Daidarabachi was there. Like, yeah. because they were just on top of his giant yokai body. So this it's is, amazing. I assume, this is, like, how they got lost. I'm assuming that he was somehow just like shifting his body around in such ways to like move the roads. And yeah, also and like, I and really dig that's why they did like phantom eyes for him because they really did a very good job of hiding the fact like right up until this moment that Daidarabochi was like if you know the folklore I guess you would have guessed it. But I didn't and I did not figure it out until like, it was like right there in my face. It was super fun. Yeah, it was a it's a really really cool moment for a really great monster. Yeah. So um, um Sasuke summons Gonsaruder. And Yeah, and, and and those two start to fight. Yeah. We flip from there to Grandma and she is sharpening a deeply impractical knife. Well, it's it's like the monster prop knife, which looks good when a monster is holding it but looks absurd when a human is holding it. Right, and she's got it on like a whetstone, and she's like, but like, <laughs> you can tell, she's just sort of like vaguely rubbing it on the whetstone in a way that makes no sense because this blade is 90% weird curves. <laughs> uh, like you can't, you can't just, anyways, you can't just sharpen it like that. So she reveals herself. Uh, she turns from grandma form into her Yamamba form. And uh, we find out that Yamamba is a yokai that captures and eats people who get lost in the mountains. Which is such a great combo with a yokai that masquerades as a mountain. Yes, uh, it did. I did really dig that. And so here's what we find out is that, like, and they're like, oh my gosh, like, how is this possible? And she waves her arms and the entire in and everything disappears. Like, the whole thing was an illusion. Yeah, and they ask, like, well, what happened to the children? And as many of you have probably guessed by this point, she waves her hands towards the chicken coop, and all of the chickens are actually kids. Right. So We've been, like, tied up. Yeah, so she advances on them with the knife out. They're all tied up. There's nothing they can do. She... Sasuke is busy fighting Daidarobuchi. Yep. And uh, then... As right as she like raises her arms to deliver the death blow, Sasuke's sword comes out and he stops them. And there he's Yamamba says like, "How did you get here?" And he says, "You underestimated us." And we look up and we see Ninja Man has arrived and he's giant and he's fighting Daidarabochi, which means that Sasuke is free to get over here and uh, and fight for them. Such a good moment. Oh man! And so uh, he frees so- the other Rangers. They all henge. They sort of fight. They they do a cool they do like the cool running henge. I always uh, where love like they're the all henge. running together as a group and then they just glow and they've all transformed. Yep. There's a cool moment. Like, listen, like the actual shot is not that cool, but like the idea behind it is very cool. Where like the Rangers are fighting on the ground against a bunch of Dorodoros and Yamamba, 
And then there's like a, a ridge line of mountains. And behind that ridge of mountains, they've sort of like cut the shot to have the giant ninja man and Daizarabuchi fighting like in the background. Yeah, it was it's very, uh... like it's I mean, listen, you can you can definitely see like the cut. It's not like an amazing effect, but it's a very cool shot. Yeah, no, it's a neat thing. And it really it really you know what it does is it really sells the the sells the action that's happening. And it does a great job to sell, like, the scale of Dai Darabachi. Yeah. Which I um, think is something that's very important that, like, sometimes gets forgotten. Because, of course, when one thing becomes a giant, everything then just becomes a giant. And it's everything is, like, the same size again. It's that they're standing next to buildings instead of standing next to, two, you know, park benches. Whatever, or whatever. it is, yeah. So, um, the the Rangers do really well. They use the Kakure Maru Beam to finish Yamamba. And well, sort of finish Yamaba to get Yamaba. No, 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 I'm to sorry. I, you know, sorry, Matt. I apologize. I jumped. Uh, I jumped uh, forward a bit. Uh, Yamamba does like a real roll by because mm-hmm. she's on what appears to be like a hoverboard. She just sort of like glides past them and does like an attack. Uh, and then we look up, and uh, Muteki Shogun and Kakarage Dai Shogun have arrived. And then, and then I Ninja mean, Man. Predictably, they go through like the series of finishers. Yeah, well, there is one thing I want to say real quickly is that Ninja Man, they don't bother to have uh, Dai Darabuchi call Ninja Man a novice. He just transforms into Samurai Man. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even register that. Yeah, which does make me feel a little bit like the novice thing is only ever an excuse for Ninja Man. Oh sure, you know, <laughs> like he's just wait. He he needs to get that samurai man out, and uh, this is the thing that he's chosen. But it's really just to justify it to himself, like right, to justify right. his own anger. Um, which ninja man? That's not that's not a good way to cope with that. Uh, we so they they do their series of finishers and they yeah. defeat Dai Darabachi. Yeah. We cut back down to the ground fight, where as you say, they finish. Well, they they sort of chase. Yamamba off with the what is it called again? The Kakure Maru beam. Thank you. Where they all put their swords together and like there's a flash of beam that comes from it. Yeah. By the way, the before we finish off talking about this fight, I want to talk very briefly about like just the standard Dorodoro fight between the Kaka Rangers and well, I guess and the Dorodoros. Um it was a very good fight this week with a lot of like cool flips and moves. Yeah. And whenever we get near the end of a season. I I sort of get sort of like um, proactively nostalgic about like this these kinds of fights because you know like when we get to O Ranger like the giant mm-hmm. robot fights are going to be largely the same right like there'll be a different giant robot but like yeah. that size of stuff is going to be the same it's the stuff like the either the untransformed or like you know the in suit fights that happen on the ground that become very different season to season. And I really do like a lot of the work they do in this show. Yeah, well, it's, I feel like it's where you get a lot more uh, personality from the Rangers themselves. Oh, yeah. Which is crazy, because they're all wearing, like, almost identical face masks. Well, yeah, but... Uh, no, I'm just saying it's very impressive. Anyway, that's like there aren't any cool jokes about that. I just wanted to uh, point it out, because we're not <laughs> going to have too many more times to do it. Yeah. Uh, so we go from there and what we see is Yamamba is back in. Oh, I remember the thing I was going to say, Matt, about why it might make sense for Skullcastle to be resting on the ground instead of flying is because Daidarabochi is in fact the mountain. Oh, and so like for him to be able to like project an avatar inside yeah, the Skullcastle, like Skull Castle has to of... land there. Yeah, that's, you know, something like that. So anyways. Okay. So we go back, and we are, we're back in Skull Castle, and uh, Yamamba is weakened, but not dead. And she is furious. Yeah, super angry. Not only that, like, his, their plan didn't work, but that, like, now her brother is dead. Yeah. Um, Daimu doesn't seem to super care that Daidarabochi is dead. But he does turn to Yamamba and say something to the effect of like, well, now that Daidarabochi is dead, like, do you get it? Like, are you ready to like really throw down? And she says, yes, like 100%. Like my anger is like at its peak. And he was like, awesome. That is what I have been waiting for. Like 
by the way, the reason that I like totally bailed on you guys was, and I don't know if we are supposed to believe Daimyo in this moment, but what he tells her is like, listen, the reason I bailed on you as like a brother is because I have like compassion for you two because we are related, but I like Daimyo, like, like being Daimyo means that I have to have like an iron resolve and be like, a, you know, an infallible evil ruler. And so I can't just like also be chilling with my brother and sister. Right. And like I needed uh, the vibe is it almost seems as though honestly that he kind of set this whole thing up and was was willing to sacrifice Daidarabochi or really sacrifice one of them to get the other one like really ready to go. Right. And so the way that it's worked out is that Daidarabochi is dead, Yamamba is furious, and Dara, uh, Daimao says, okay, now it's time. Like, I'm going to pull down all this crazy evil power from, like, the big yokai cloud that's been swirling above the entire season and channel it all into you. And, like, are you ready? Yes, I am. And uh, then, she like... She transforms into, like, you know, her second form, which is... I, I think, importantly, uh, a lot more agile than her first form because her yeah. first form was like a big sort of like floating upside down cone. Um, but now, so now she like, seems a lot she's, more spry. Right. She can really throw down in this new form, which I'm lo- really looking forward to next episode, which I'm sure is what we're going to see. Yeah. Um, and then we get a brief coda where like the, the rangers are sort of all standing on the side of a, you know, like looking out to a pleasant vista with some mountains mm-hmm. say like, oh, you know, she said that like that was her brother. She's not going to be happy that we, uh, killed him with giant swords. And so like, we're going to need to watch out because she's going to be coming back at us. Yeah. And Surihime says, well, yeah, that's true, but, like, you know, we're the Kaku Rangers, and, like, we've been through this all before, and we're going to stick together, and we're going we're gonna to win, and it's going to be great. And that yeah. is the end of our episode. Yeah. Um, man, like, a rant episode. And what I dug about it is that this feels like a leading up to the end episode. Like, finally. Yes, it's kind of a freak of the week, but in that it's, yeah, like, a new know, it, monster, but it it's building as a freak into, of the week. right. Exactly. It's a great transition episode. So uh, the last thing we got to figure out, Matt, is where does Daitarabuchi fit on the Creature Royale? Dude, I think pretty high. Pretty high. Uh, the only thing I think that keeps him from like an even higher spot is the fact that he's just not around for more than one episode. But okay, like, so let's take a look at other comparable people who didn't have multiple episode arcs. Okay. My absolute basement. Like, I am not willing to go below apartment dimension. I think he's better than apartment building dimension. I think he is. And that's even... Yeah, like, if we have to if we have to compare two giant dudes who, like, you fought on top of and inside of... Like, I'm going uh, Daidara Bochi over apartment building dimension every yeah. day. Yeah, okay. So he is, uh, and like, dude, he looks, like, I love the idea. And the the shots that they did with, like, the things that they did with him and the idea of him, they're like, they're, you're fighting on this dude. That, like, he is the mountain. You are getting lost because he's, like, shifting himself around. He's, like, sticking his giant fist up to, like, hit you even while he's still in the mountain and I just can't get over like I can't restate how rad this dude's look is yeah so I, okay so where dude, are you looking real I'm looking up at Suchigumo the spider monster oh you I, know what Suchigumo the spider monster is a good comparison I, point because he's really cool he's, he's got, got a, one episode he's got one episode and uh he's like the lair element is super important for him. And I feel like in its own way, Dandara Bochi is that same, mm-hmm, is that mm-hmm. same thing. Um, okay. So do you think he is better or worse? Oh man. I, I think he's better. I really do. Uh, cause I, the, I, I am inclined to believe is really cool, but it's not like incredibly like imaginative. I don't think. Yeah. And like, where, honestly, like the like Tsuchigumo was like crazy spooky. Like they it really like hit those horror movie things very well. 
Yeah. But, like, I don't know if it... I honestly don't know if they did it as well as in that episode as they did this time. Yeah, I, I think you're right. So, um... Yeah, man. I think he goes. I think he goes right above Suchigumo, which puts him at spot number eight. Wow. Uh, seven. Seven. Sorry, seven. I always do that. By the way, sometimes the the reason that we say the wrong number and then immediately correct ourselves is we're looking at a spreadsheet, but the first row on the spreadsheet is like the headers, like the headers, yeah. and so, so like. Jin the Demon Fist is number one on the list, but he is in row number two, and so yeah. everything else just gets thrown off. Yeah, so uh, so that's a it for us. Behind that old curtain. Hey, so uh, that Matt, I think, is going to do it for us, right? Yes, that my friend is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Cocker Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all: you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter? We are at supersentaibros. If you like the show, and boy, at this point, if not, why are you still listening? <laughs> it's right near the end of the season. If you don't like this one, well, just wait a few weeks. We'll be back. Uh, but seriously, keep downloading the show. We desperately need you. Um, if you like the show, please remember that Shining in the iTunes Reviews section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on there. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere that you find us. If you have a chance to tell people that you like it, uh, go ahead and do that. That would be we- super great. You know what else is super great, Dave, is the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To find all of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do so at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.